Good morning, everyone. Today, we talk about the fixed income update and how market concentration impacts performance. And let's see these five points in order. Fixed income markets tell us a story about the health and potential future direction of the economy. Let's see why should we monitor the credit spreads on a fixed income. Let's make a fast update on sovereign bond yields. US inflation is remain elevated and let's move a tiny step up on this point. And as the last final step, we will see how market concentration impacts performance. Fixed income markets often tell a story about the overall health and potential future direction of the economy and capital markets. In the past, the yield curve has been a powerful predictor of future economic direction, including potential recessions. Wells Fargo Advisors believes monitoring credit spreads may also paint a picture of market liquidity and the perceived health of corporate balance sheets. With a meaningfully inverted curve and a high yield spreads well below the July 22 peak, the bond market is sending mixed signals. The yield curve is essentially the difference between shorter and longer term interest rates. The yield curve has been inverted since July 6, 22, as markets anticipated multiple Fed rate hikes, pushing short-term rates higher. Bond market conviction that the Fed will lower inflation closer to target levels combined with the prospects for an economic slowdown as kept longer-term rates relatively contained, resulting in yield curve inversion. While an inverted curve has often been a predictor of an upcoming recession, using this indicator to time a recession can be challenging, as it may take as long as two years from initial inversion to recession. During periods of market stress, credit spreads are tending to move higher as investors seek out higher quality fixed income investments and the future becomes more uncertain. Last year, for example, High yield credit spreads hit a high near 583 basis points, uh, which 100 basis points equals 1% over the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield, indicating economic concerns and decreased investor confidence in corporate balance sheets. Recently, high yield credit spreads have tightened to near 400 basis points over comparable Treasury securities. Current high yield spread levels indicate that the bond market's near-term economic concerns have eased in recent months. Fed is neutral. Expect 25 basis point rate hikes in March, May, and June before a pause in policy action into 24. Expected terminal rate is between 5.25 and 50%. The ECB, on the other hand, is neutral. They expect a 50 basis point rate hikes at the March meeting, followed by two 25 basis point rate rises in May and June. That said, 
firm inflation signals, resilient activity, and hawkish policymaker commentary presence upside risks to both our terminal rate projection and the pace of tightening. Expected terminal rate here is 3.5%. The Bank of England is dovish. Dovish. <laughs> the Bank of England expects a final 25 basis point hike in March, followed by an extending pause. Here, the expected terminal rate is 4.25%. And finally, we have the Bank of Japan. The Bank of Japan is hawkish. It's very strange to see this upside direction between uh, the, the central banks. The Bank of Japan, the recent widening of the yield curve control, ban suggests this policy may be tweaked further or abandoned over the coming year. Goldman Sachs also thinks there is a high likelihood of rate rises and departure from uh, NIRP. Core PCE inflation. The Fed's preferred measure of price rises increased 4.7% year over year in January. This upside surprise relative to expectations implies the path to disinflation may be gradual. Considering recent robust data, Goldman Sachs anticipates three further 25 basin rate hikes for a terminal rate of 5.25. 50%, which is an increase from our prior 5 to 5.25% projection. February has carried hopes of a quick and painless return to 2% inflation. The Fed will need to step up the game. For example, Nordea Asset Management expects 10-year Treasury rates will need to set new cycles hikes before they see a market cooling in the labor market. Markets and the Fed were coming into February, hoping that this disinflationary trend seen since early November would carry inflation all the way down to 2% already this year. Already this year, <laughs> you have just listened well. Enabling a swift reversal of monetary policy starting already this summer, but data since then has put those hopes to rest. To rest, sorry. Inflation data for January and revision to 22 price data shows that price pressures are still very much with us. Fed's preferred measure of underlying inflation, services ex housing, is running at twice their 2% target, and even goods inflation is showing signs of turning up again after falling for more than a year. Markets have been off to a strong start in 23, but a number of risks remain in the path of the market, including the risk of a US economic recession, elevated inflation, a slowdown in corporate earnings, and still rising geopolitical tensions, to name a few. With the potential for a market volatility ahead, Merrill Lynch believes remaining disciplined and diversify is the best way to position portfolio. But the question is, how diversify is your active portfolio is? Looking at the S&P 500 index, market concentration of the five largest members of the index account for 18.4% of the S&P 
of the S&P 500's value up from 11.2% a decade ago. Looking beyond the index, not all styles and sectors have the same concentration risk. For example, the Russell 1000 growth index has become increasingly concentrated over the past decade. The same is not true for the Russell 1000 value index. While the top five stocks in the growth index make up a 33%, that number is only 11% in the value index. On a sector basis, there is a similar, similarly wide range of concentrations across the 11 S&P sectors, chart in the right box displays, concentration and return metrics for the various global industry classification standard sectors. In the short term, sectors with a high concentration tend to experience increased bouts of volatility. Since its uh, 2018 reshuffle, communication services have been very top heavy and currently stands as one of the most concentrated sectors with the top five members accounting for nearly 69% of the sector's value. This proved beneficial for communication services during periods when heavyweight members performed well, exemplified by the sector's gain of 20.5% in 21. But as top members began to tumble, they played a notable role in the sector's minus 40.4% return in 22. On the other hand, healthcare is one of the least concentrated sectors with 33.9% of its weighting coming from its top five companies. Its diversity of members may help to stabilize returns, allowing it to perform well in different market conditions and cycles. For examples, Always the chart shows that the healthcare sector has maintained low volatility and significant positive returns relative to the market's overall performance. In the last one and five years, increasing 1.8% and 68% respectively. Overall, a sector's concentration level could have a noteworthy impact on the performance of both the sector and the greater index. It is important for investors to consider not just size, style, and manager preferences, but constituents and their respective weightings as well. Having an awareness of the true concentrations within a diversified portfolio can benefit investors by helping to protect against the downward swings that may accompany periods of volatility. Thank you very much. Let me to invite you personally to my macro and business newsletter, where you will receive direct to your inbox the best updates of the moment. I hope you will subscribe it and will appreciate my hard work. If you enjoyed this video, smash the like button and see you to the next one. Have a nice day.